welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, why not check out our website, birminghamvineyard.com. You know, we are really excited to be sharing with you this morning because um, we're going to be continuing. This is the last in our Our Father series, our vision series. And we have had... um, We heard, didn't we, uh, um, a couple of weeks ago uh, from Andrew and Rosie about their vision for our church. And, you know, I've heard from a lot of people who have been really excited about that vision. Uh, What what excited you, Kat? Well, I I mean, I suppose it was a sense of it being big and bold. Um, They used the word audacious, uh, and it is audacious. Uh, Planting a small group every month and a site every year, trying to reach those that don't know Jesus yet. Um, The idea that we're not Uh, constricted by what we can imagine God's plan is uh, because his plan is always much bigger than uh, than that and and that's really exciting I suppose I was also really struck by the track record um, the history of multiplication and uh, planting from this church yeah what was it what was they saying like like 18 churches or something like that was 18 churches yeah and 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 that's really reassuring when you're presented with such an audacious vision that we're being led by those who have world, a world of experience of raising up leaders and doing it successfully. Yeah, so we weren't actually there on that day. We'd obviously watched it online because we were, we were celebrating our niece's baptism, which was just super important that we were there for that occasion for her. But, you know, we're really excited to share with you this morning how we see that vision working its way out in our morning service. Um, and we're going to be hearing a message um, in a bit from Pastor Poy. Um, because her leadership is obviously a really important part of our vision going forward. So where do you see this vision working through our, our morning service camp? So, I, I, I mean, like anything, we see the vision uh, and it's, we feel it's about growth. Um, yeah. Growth is part of anything that is healthy and living. Yeah. And if we uh, have a living faith, serving a living God, yeah. we'd expect growth uh, to naturally happen. Mm-hmm. And we'd hope and, and expect uh, people's personal faith to be growing uh, with support, um, of those around us. And, and we, 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 we hope to see our numbers growing because numbers are not just a matter of statistics or looking good. Numbers reflect individuals and their lives being transformed. And it's the establishment and growth of God's kingdom yeah. and influence in this city. Yeah. Um, so obviously there are wonderful expectations, but um, how, do, how do we think that, that that's actually going to happen? Well, you know, I always think it's a good job to go back to the Bible, isn't it? When we look at growth, go back to the growth of the first churches in the book of Acts. And, you know, when we go back and we look at how those first churches really started to grow, uh, we see a number of things happening. First of all, we see um, the power of the Holy Spirit, don't we? Really dramatically at Pentecost, um, which brought thousands um, to the Lord, but then a continuation of that power through the miraculous with people healed from all manner of diseases, being released from spiritual oppression, um, even at times literally being released from prison. Um, and then secondly, we see the declaration of the gospel um, th- that through Jesus's death and resurrection, we are saved and the consequences of our sin um, are, are are dealt with and we're reconnected with the creator of the universe. So the, the, the source of all that is good and abundant. And, you know, thirdly, what we see happening is we see out of that this 
God-inspired, beautiful community of love and generosity. And we're told, aren't we, that people were added to their numbers daily because they reflected the kingdom of God. And you know, this, 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 these early churches were culturally diverse. And we see that from the list of leaders that we see in the first church at Antioch. Um, if we look at this verse here, we see a list of those. You know, only one of those in that list, we see Saul right at the end. It was a, an original sort of um, Jew. We have Greeks there. We have North Africans there. It was a mixed community of leaders. And we would love our church, this morning service and this community, to be reflecting that, that, that love-fueled, generous, gospel-focused, Holy Spirit-empowered, diverse community that we see growing in the New Testament. Um, we were reflecting, weren't we, about um, how our sharing lunch we had the other month was a really good picture of that. Yeah, um, well, I was thinking about rice, to be fair. Rice. There was, there was a lot of rice. There were, there were, we had rice from at least four different nations, all cooked very differently. Yeah, I know. I piled my plate really high you with rice. You did pile your plate really but, high. I, think, I didn't think there was going to be enough rice there, but actually there was <laughs> enough rice. Uh, how did that reflect our vision, our vision for this congregation then, well, Kat? Well, we had the, uh, the base ingredient in common, the rice. Then that ingredient has travelled around the world eat, to each continent and different nation and uh, has found a different way to cook it in a unique and delicious way. When, they then, when we then bring that back to the same table, these wonderful rice recipes are the basis of an amazing, abundant, delicious feast for us all. Ah, that's true. I see where you're going. The rice is a picture of our faith, our story with Jesus. Yeah, so we start with a basic tenant of our faith. And, that is, uh, and then as it travels through different places and cultures, our stories add unique flavours uh, to it that we can all enjoy when we gather together and share. Yeah, it's so true. What's really true is that we all have something of significant value to offer when it comes to sharing our stories of, uh, with, with Jesus. And he reveals different aspects of himself to each of us, depending on what we've had to face into. You know, if we've had to face into hardship, he shows us his healing. If we have had to face brokenness, um, sorry, he, he shows us his provision, he shows us his healing. When we face mourning, he shows us his comfort. And, you know, this, gets, this ends up getting multiplied, doesn't it, through different cultural um, situations. Yeah, I, I remember when we were in our ch church in Leeds, um, we learned to pray in faith uh, from many of our African friends. Um, and it was pressing deeper into faithful prayer that I really learned and, uh, with them. Yeah, that's well. true. We did. They really taught us that. And, and I think that they learned something of, of grace from us. And you see, the thing is, is that we can all learn from each other can't we? Um, and it's important for us to understand that in, um, an effective and faith-filled Christian doesn't just look like me or doesn't just look or like me, you. Thankfully. Yeah. We need to embrace the diversity that God has created as we're all created in his image. You know, a narrow view of people is a narrow view of God. Um, but what are some of the challenges in that for us, Camp? I suppose, I think one of the challenges um, is remembering that first and foremost, our identity is in Christ. Mm. That we are citizens of heaven before we are citizens of any worldly nation. That means that we hold our worldly cultures as being secondary to our kingdom culture. 
We are all brothers and sisters in Christ whose lives, uh, who live, uh, who, whose lives follow Jesus' teaching and example before the influence of anything else. Yeah, that's right. But how can we practically come together behind this vision from Andrew and Rosie? Well, one of the ways we can do that is through our giving and our serving. And Pastor Poi, yeah, can we give her some appreciation, please? It's going to share a bit about that. Hello. Thank you, Kevin Jill. Um, I'm Pui. I would be happy to share with you um, how we can all come together behind this vision. One of the things that Andrew and Rosie mentioned in her video um, message a couple of weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago, was that we should pray for our church to be a generous church. As the follower of Jesus, we are entering into an adventure of faith and trusting God. Isn't it exciting? Yes, it is. Yes, being a generous church is a great idea. However, we all know we've also got our energy bills. We worry about our jobs. The, our cost of living, etc. It seems like generosity, worry, and money can all be connected. Worry is part of our human nature. It's not a sin, but it always makes up our, our life's priorities and values. Jesus talks about worry and money in Luke 12, 22-34. Regardless, of whether you are rich or poor, we all worried about our basic needs. So let's read the what the Bible says about it. Um, then Jesus said to his disciples, "Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food." And the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not soar or rape. They have no storeroom store or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you by wearing can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing. Why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things. And your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flocks, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. 
sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purse for yourself that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near or no moths destroys. For where your treasure is, there your hearts will be also. How does God view worry and material possessions? Let me give you a little background. In a farming society of Jesus' time, people would credit God if they had a good harvest. And the Torah also has instruction to bring offering in Leviticus and to tithe to help the poor in um, the Torah. Therefore, it is the duty of Israel to use her wealth to give money to the poor and to remember God. That means they have two things to do. One, remember the blessing of God. Two, go and help the poor. Our Father knows what we need. In verse 22, Jesus said, Do not worry about your life what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. He said, we don't need to worry about our basic needs. The one thing, the, the one who can bring us peace and take care of us is our Heavenly Father, the creator of all things. And everything in this world belongs to our Heavenly Father. So Jesus told his disciples not to rely on the possessions of the world to give us peace because our lives and our well-being are in the hands of God. We have to admit that our ability is very limited. And when we live and lives, lives for God and follow Jesus, our Father in heaven knows what we need. He is the ultimate source. He is our provider. Second, in verse 31, we are told to seek God's kingdom. That means that we, we are responsible to putting, uh, for putting the, the kingdom of God at the center of our lives. And he promises that all the other things we need will be added to us. We are called to do the kingdom of God's work. And Jesus is sweet. In verse 32, he says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. He understands how we feel. Yes, he surely do. Do not be afraid is used in the Old Testament to encourage Israel before fighting in a war. In the same way, God encourages us to fight for his kingdom. For our Father has been, has been pleased to give it to us. The power of God's kingdom was shown, was shown through the ministry of Jesus. Following Jesus into his kingdom mission is blessing um, the community with actions. We are praying to be a part of a generous church. This is because our God is a generous God, and this is how we follow Him. 
the video message the other week, we our senior pastor said, if you're in the room and you have enjoyed being around, you have probably here because someone else has given before you. And they are and you are the recipients of someone else's generosity and sacrifice. Generosity and sacrifice are never easy because it comes with cost and can be uncomfortable. The cost of generosity is not just financially. It sometimes means difficult choices. But God always honors these sacrifices. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, each of you should give what you have decided in your hearts to give. Not under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. We follow Jesus, who showed us what the cost of sacrifice looked like. But he also did so for the joy that was set before him in Hebrews 12, 2. So let us, let's use all, all the resources that our God has given us, such as money, time, and spiritual gift, etc. We are responsible for giving those back to the community through the ministry of Jesus. In Matthew 10, 8 says, Freely you have received, freely give. This is how we are called to answer him and worship him. How can we be generous? Money. Brothers and sisters, if God gave you money and wealth, please respond to God's blessing. No matter how much money you are giving, God values your relationship with him. This is how we worship him and remember him. So, do not be afraid. You can plan ahead and give a consistent amount each month if this is something you would like to do. Um, you can find more details under giving session in our website. On top of your monthly giving to church, you can also sponsor some charity organizations or food banks. Time. If you feel like you are called to serve but seems to have no time, let's think about what's most important to us. You should schedule in the things that are most important to us first. Then, fits the other things around that. Who or what is most important to us? God, family, work, TV. Do not be afraid. When we answer to his call, we believe that our God is powerful, rich, and care for our needs. Gift. If God has given you our um, other spiritual gift, you're welcome to join any of our serving teams. We have teams to welcome, give hospitality, serve children and youth, worship, 
help with production, prayer, poverty, preaching and teaching, compassion ministries. In Christ, we are one body. Language is not a barrier because our Father knows what we need. Do not be afraid. Jesus taught his disciples not to focus on what they can see. Surrender yourself and follow him. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's be a generous church. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. Um, I love that verse. Um, For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Yeah, it's a good one. We certainly want to be a generous-hearted church in terms of pursuing God's kingdom and his will for us as individuals and as a church. Jesus' words in these verses are so wise. He understands that we will put our money and our resources into the things that are important to us. So it's vital for us to ask ourselves, what is important to me? Yeah, it is. And, you know, if the vision of creating a a beautiful, diverse and loving community who follow Jesus, choose to live life abundantly within his will and to make a difference to the troubled world around us. If that's important to you, then we need to commit to helping that happen because community is about everyone both giving and receiving. Um, It's about the, the consciously coordinated free flow of love, support, resources behind this common vision of of loving Jesus and intentionally working um, towards seeing his will and his influence come on earth here in, in this space that we occupy, but also to the people out there around us where we live in the city. Yeah, we, we need to be ensuring that we're not choosing to be bystanders, but a, an active part of the plan to advance the kingdom of God. Something which was surely on Jesus's heart in all that he did. Yeah, all the time. That's what Jesus was always focusing, focusing on. So, so what does this look like for you? Um, does it mean choosing to step into making friends with people outside of your usual people groups, you know, choosing to bridge cultural and ethnic divides to bring unity to the body of Christ, maybe inviting others to your home. Or out for a coffee. Yeah, over a meal. Yeah. Uh, Does it mean offering your time, your energy or your skills to serve on one of our teams? Or does it mean actually making some really specific choices about your financial resources and your decisions to give? What does it mean for your interactions with those outside of the church? How can we be showing Jesus' love to those around us in such a way that he becomes irresistible to them? Someone that they just have to pursue for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, shall we, shall we just pray? And then we're going to actually talk you through some action steps. But let's pray first. Let's just move our... Let, should we stand up or something? Just stretch our legs. We've been sitting a long time. Let's pray. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. Why not come along and visit us? We gather at three services across two sites on a Sunday and meet during the week in small groups across the city. More information on both of these can be found on our website. Thanks for listening and God bless.